0: This is episode four of Faithful Adaptation. I'm back here with Grant Deshishku talking about Slaughterhouse-Five. Welcome back, Grant.
1: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: All right, so we'll get right into this. Uh, which version of Slaughterhouse-Five did you prefer? The book. Yeah, me. yeah me too. It was. I think it was a story that needed to be on page like you know there's stories that work better visually I yeah. feel like reading this I could let my imagination run Well you know I I think it's definitely
1: interesting because um with the visual adaptation you are able to obviously take in the surroundings and there's um but what I think I think really could have sold me was the um The music, which was lacking in the film, in my opinion, they could have done a lot more with it because that really does make a difference. Um, Like with with Catch 22, the music made a big difference in relating different parts of the um, story. So I think they kind of lacked there on the film side, but visually it was really good.
0: Yeah. It was a good movie. It was just not as good as the book. Uh, You know, the book and the way that Vonnegut writes really, you know, sells it, like the part with so it goes, like you didn't get that aspect in the movie about, you know, how death is relative and how people are living on in other dimensions and that time really isn't how we know.
1: Yeah, I mean, so just for all on the same page, the idea is that he is uh, like, they use the term unstuck from time, which would obviously refer uh, to all three-dimensional beings as stuck in time, but he's unstuck. So now he—I I was confused. Does that make him a fourth-dimensional being now because he can move through time? But I guess he can't will. He, he, yeah,
0: know. he doesn't, and he can't go to a different dimension. Yeah. So he's—he's he's, like so he's, he's,
1: exper- just, he's experiencing four dimensions, but not can't like uh, decide where he goes.
0: Yeah, he just kind of bounces around. Like, it's kind yeah. of funny, like, it seemed like, you know, in the movie, they kind of had, um, it, like, they had, like, an event here relate to the event he would go to. Yeah. So that was cool.
1: Yeah, and I think it was definitely smooth transition. It's kind of funny, because, uh, I mean, Mr. Turner might have heard us on the baseball team. We talked all the time about fourth dimensional beings that can walk through time like um, it was just kind of like a funny thing to talk about as it was, though it's east to west as though it's east to west was the example I used all the time, yes, um, but you know i I just it was a really smooth set of transitions throughout the book mm-hmm. i and the the way he writes is so it's like almost like a conversation, I feel like he's talking to me,
0: yeah, and what I like what threw me off a little bit was that you know it was like a an outside narrator kind of yeah. like like kurt vonnegut was writing about the experiences yes.
1: and well one thing that is really interesting is that only the entire book is in the third person except for the first and last chapter mm-hmm. and in both those chapters he refers to the reader as reading a book yeah and so it's the kind of i think it's the idea that the now like the way that he's unstuck from time it is like Sees it in a different way. It forces you to be unstuck from the idea of like reading your novel, and you're so into it, and you're. It's like, cause, I mean, when you when you're reading through a book, it's almost like you're watching. Like when you're really going through it, and so he just cuts that off and he pulls you away, and he reminds you, hey, you're reading a book. You yeah, I mean, it's a, you're reading this. You're not, you know, experiencing the story.
0: Well, it was cool. The way he opened it up it's like this is how it's going to start, and then mm-hmm. this is how it's going to end.
1: Yeah, I mean, he totally just um, detaches the reader from that like mystery aspect of it. Because he's trying. I think he's trying to share the experience of the character where he knows how it's going to end. Mm-hmm. I mean, he even knows how the universe ends.
0: Yeah, and I-, I think the characters were very well written. Like Even the minor characters played yeah. big roles. So that leads us into his next segment where your favorite character or characters... In the book and or movie.
1: Um, my favorite character has oh my god, I can't even remember his name. The dude and I, I my favorite part of him is really when we first meet him. And it's the um the guy who's like we're the three musketeers. Oh, Weary. Weary, yes. I mean I couldn't think of the name. Um yeah, Weary's so weird. Like it's just
0: He's so mean a, for no he reason.
1: Had, he's just a jerk. He reminds me of the the fat kid from the sandlot. <laughs> because he he always has a chip on his shoulder for no reason. Yeah. Um but also I thought it was funny how he had like he was so bundled up and he he was like sweating while they were out there in the snow.
0: Yeah. I liked in the book Paul Lazzaro. Yeah. Just you know being an Italian like he's just like yeah, I'm going to kill you. Like, I'm gonna have one of my guys kill you. And I think, like, he was good as a small character in the book, but they gave him a bigger role in the movie, which I wasn't the biggest fan of, because, you know, sometimes it's those, like, minor characters that do the best justice. Yeah. Um, and I mean... Like,
1: even on... I mean, like going off killing, I mean like um Billy Pilgrim, the main character, clearly had survivals uh survivor's guilt from the whole experience mm-hmm. I mean the whole time he talked about like his um his when he talked to his son about massacres and he was like Dude, you shouldn't ever take a part in it, you should never cheer for it, there's no rationality behind it mm-hmm. and there's that whole kind the entire time it feels like he has a different viewpoint of everyone else. Like even when he's back home, he obviously is like, "Oh, I went to this alien planet, blah blah blah." But when he's there, he's like, "I don't get why would we bomb Dresden? Yeah, uh, why would the Nazis execute poor old Edgar Derby
0: for 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 a little tea kettle or whatever?
1: Yeah, he stole a tea kettle in a city that's been bombed. Like, who knows if the owners are even alive? Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, he t- takes the coat off of the uh, dead Jew." And then he gets bullied for it. Yeah. And they're like he he just like it's just a he just has a different viewpoint always, no matter where he is.
0: Yeah. And what I think the movie like said that I didn't pick up from the book is that like he's still on the planet, but he's just bouncing back and forth through different times in his earth life. So, like, yeah. he was talking about, uh, to, like, his daughter at the end of the movie, he's like, Montana has my baby on traufa And I'm like, wait a minute, that's present tense.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, speaking of his, um, his companion slash mate that he has on his planet, I mean, you can see in the movie, the, um his little, like, holding pen, I guess, mm-hmm. is, uh, I mean, the zoo. it's just a, it, yeah, it's a glass dome on this, like, moon, and he's got all the stuff he needs to live, but it, it's kind of interesting how he has, like, a similar, like, relative isolation on Earth and on, uh, that's what it is. Um, because even though he obviously has this companion, you know, he's not literally by himself, but I mean, like, their exhibits.
0: I liked that they brought the dog in the movie. I like that.
1: Yeah, because you know, I mean, like, he's in the book. It really shows, like, when he's on Earth, he's—I mean, his daughter's there.
0: But but I mean, she doesn't like like they, him.
1: She, yeah, she doesn't get him. She doesn't like him. You know, it's this whole like he's separated the entire time. You know. Yeah. The only the only person that got him was the taxi driver.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And he never saw him again.
0: Did they even talk about the, um... The author? Uh, like, the science fiction novels in the movie? I don't think they did.
1: I don't think so. I think... Uh, well, I mean, the movie was definitely trying to hit the hard visuals. Yeah. I mean, there's a, uh, there's a scene where they're shoveling the
0: dead bodies. And they're mm-hmm. up. But I think the movie was... Got the very, uh, the anti-war theme yeah, across. Exactly. I, I think, think that's exactly. what they were really shooting yeah, for. The
1: movie was really trying to push it through visual symbolism, while the book was definitely had it as a constant undertone. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it forced you to hate his situation. Yeah, you're viewing it from. I because mean, it's it's this uh, third-person perspective. You know what I mean? It's like you're basically just watching him be bullied for the entire book. And then, and then it cuts to just you, now you're him. <laughs> you're like, now it's first person. Yeah. You know, it's just, um, I mean, you, you have to feel for him. You can't not like the main character.
0: Yeah. Like, he, he's an odd person, but he's likable.
1: Yeah. And you know, and, it, and you know, he didn't, uh, he was what? Like an assist. he was the pastor's assistant. Yeah, or the chaplain's assistant. Yeah, chaplain's assistant. I uh, can't even. I mean, he he could he didn't even fit in in that aspect because he it says he couldn't kill the enemy, and he couldn't um, you know, save his comrades. Yeah. You know he couldn't. He was detached from both sides. And it never
0: seemed like he was a praying man.
1: Yeah. He was just. I mean, like it was just like he just showed up to be
0: there. Yeah. Well, he was drafted too, so and they probably saw like oh. Dude's really skinny and yeah. probably can't do anything, so let's stick him with the worst job for him.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like he, he never did. He didn't, um, you know, make the most of his situation at all. He just kind of was there.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Which is, and it's kind of an interesting thing because you you try and piece it together where when they're, um, you know, when they're after the you know the Germans advance, Battle of the Bulge, and then they're trying to run back to their lines. He's. It seems like this is the first time he's experiencing it, but at the same time he's experiencing it a second time, which is such an odd thing to think about. Yeah. Because it's not like when he's experiencing the second time he's watching it. I mean, he's still himself. And so he but he's also done it an infinite amount of time.
0: And I don't think he can change how it no. is done.
1: Well, because he can change how it's done, but the problem is that the tri- uh, the um, Dorians they say like the future's set.
0: Yeah, everything is.
1: Yeah, because they can walk. They can walk over and see what's up. I mean, mm-hmm. they know what's going to happen. And so, even if they go back in the past, they still have to experience the timeline the same way. So it's kind of—I think it's like um, a level of, you know, like you're, you're, you have free, you have free thinking, but there's no free will. Like you, you will eventually do this. Mm-hmm. It's like it doesn't matter how you walk to the door, you're going to open. It. I mean like it's like that. It's I think I think that's how it works. It is it is an odd thing to think about. Yeah. Cuz he's experiencing it for the first time, sixth time, 10th time, a millionth time all at the same time. I mean he's t- he's technically immortal. Yes. I mean yeah. it's it's
0: weird. He's immortal but he dies and when he dies he just goes back.
1: Yeah, cuz I mean he just he, he, yeah, because he dies in his timeline, but he can bounce through the timeline. Yeah. So it goes.
0: So it goes. All right. Um, any omissions in the movie that you did not like or you did like? Or any additions as well?
1: I mean, I think it just, from what you said, I thought the movie visual... Oh, I mean, first of all, the movie visually, um, when you see uh Amador and they're on there and there's like the light show that's going on with all the stuff. It's super cool to look at. Um, and I think that definitely brings a different level to the movie. But like we said, I mean, I felt like when they were in Dresden, they were viewing the scene, the like surrounding scenery more than they were viewing the characters, which it kind of felt like the opposite in the book. I felt like we were more watching the characters' reaction to things instead of like getting our own reaction in the movie. Mm-hmm and so I thought because I mean that's where I feel like it's supposed to make you feel like wow war sucks instead of seeing, wow these guys think war sucks which is what the book shows me yeah and because these guys think war sucks and I I like these guys I'm going to agree with them and that's where the book excels because it forces you in my opinion to make that opinion yourself you have to make that decision that hey this, this looks like an awful situation instead of the movie forcing it upon you by like it seemed like a... I mean, obviously, it's undeniably bad. They bombed a city that didn't need to be bombed. Yeah. But, like, it forces you by showing you a biased set of images. It only shows you bad images. Mm-hmm. You know? And so, I mean, I think that that's where the, that's where the difference was. And they didn't uh, stay faithful in that sense to the book.
0: Yeah. And, like, what I thought was with the Chalfamadorians, like, they were more minor in the movie. Like, yeah. like they didn't show the uh, him in the space shuttle, like, and talking with them about, you know, time and end of the universe and how Earth is very... Like, no matter how arrogant we are, in the broad scheme of the universe, Earth means very little. Yeah. And then, while on... Um... Chauve like you know, he's still in the zoo and people are observing him, but you don't really get that sense because you can't see them in the movie. Whereas yeah. in the book, you know, you know what they look like, yeah, you can I mean, tell they what look, they're thinking.
1: Yeah, they it's and it's kind of interesting because they, I was so surprised they didn't show them in the movie because, I mean, I guess they're fourth dimensional beings, but it doesn't seem like an efficient body structure is like a lamp. It's yeah, a like lamp that's like a hand at the top like they're so it's so weird I don't know why they didn't throw it in the movie Uh, it was was so odd because it wouldn't be hard it's a practical effect
0: yeah and then they they had good effects for the 1972 film so I don't think they could have failed at it
1: yeah I mean it was just I mean it's like you said with the minor characters some being major some being less important than they were in the book um I mean it was just it's if I had watched the movie without uh, reading the book I I wouldn't it wouldn't have been a problem yeah like it would have just been like oh those are the characters but because I know the roles in the book then in the movie it's like well why did you change that why is this guy more important now all of a sudden Mm and I I mean I think it has to do with that um visual representation with especially with Paul being such an asshole (laughs) um in the in the um in the movie and I mean obviously he's like that in the book but they they push it so hard yeah. in the uh, movie over and over again to make you hate him
0: but like still in the end he still ends up being the downfall of Billy Pilgrim so I don't know why they had to
1: yeah I mean it's not like he didn't like I mean it's set the whole the whole book is set it's gonna happen the way it happens so why even change
0: it yeah Alright, so that being said, would you say that the movie is a faithful adaptation of the book?
1: Um, I would say upon first glance that it is. It does hit the central themes. I would say it's probably 70%. Yeah.
0: I'd have to agree with that. Um, I mean... It still has the core elements of what Vonnegut was going for, and there's not many plot pieces missing or any ones that skew the meaning. So I think they did a good job.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was it's they're both awesome. Yes, a great, great book. Yeah, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, we can be nitpicky, but they are phenomenal. It's mm-hmm. a classic.
0: Yeah. I haven't even, like, I didn't even know about there being a movie until I started doing this course, so that's that's pretty cool. Well, Grant, thank you again.
1: You know, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It's always a good time.
0: Yes, it is.